1: Welcome to the CORE here on American Family Radio. Glad to be with you today on the show. We have a special guest coming up next segment, a, a state representative, a state lawmaker there in Alabama in our neighboring state. We're here in Mississippi. We're going to have an Alabama representative on next segment to talk about some important legislation that you'll want to hear about going on through uh, going on in uh, Alabama. So we'll have representative Scott Stothigan is his last name. Stothigan is his last name. Uh, Scott's his first. So we'll have representative Scott Stothigan on the show next segment. So stay tuned for that. We'll talk about the important legislation going on in Alabama. You're not going to want to miss that. Our scripture for the the week, we're in Psalm chapter 15. Yesterday, I talked about how we should all desire and all seek to dwell on God's holy hill. That's what the psalmist, David, that's how he describes it in Psalm 15, verse 1, uh, chapter 15, verse 1. O Lord, who shall sojourn in your tent? who shall dwell on your holy hill. That's verse 1, verse 2, and the rest of the chapter explains the person and the characteristics of those who dwell on God's holy hill. So listen up. If you're wondering, how do I dwell on God's holy hill? Here's your answer. He who walks blamelessly and does what is right, And speaks truth in his heart. Who does not slander with his tongue. And does no evil to his neighbor. Nor takes up a reproach against his friend. In whose eyes a vile person is despised. But who honors those who fear the Lord. Who swears to his own hurt. And does not change. Who does not put out his money at interest. And does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So that's the description of the 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 person who dwells on God's holy hill. That's Psalm chapter 15. Our story that I want to lead off with today is the Disney saga. The Disney saga. We've all been keeping up with this. Most of us. Well, Florida has recently passed a an anti-grooming bill. That's the appropriate term. Anti grooming bill, or technically it's called the parental rights and education bill. Out of the state of Florida, both chambers passed the bill. The governor signed the bill. We played the clip of that yesterday. Well, the the God haters, the ones that act as if they are all moral, but they themselves have no morals, they have uh, been very upset at this legislation. Very upset at the legislation. And those of us with a biblical worldview, we look at the the law and we go, that's a good law, that's a righteous law, good for Florida. We give them applause, we give them a high five, we give them a pat on the back. But not everyone views it that way. Not everyone views it that way. And the, uh, the media, they dubbed this bill the Don't Say Gay Bill, which they come up with the craftiest ways, now, the craftiest words to describe... Uh, legislation to describe movements, to describe policy items. They come up with the craftiest terminology. The Affordable Care Act, (laughs) they said. (laughs) Not very affordable at all. Everyone's premiums went up for the most part. Um, So it wasn't so affordable after all. But that's what it was dubbed as. Then they had this uh, piece of legislation. I could probably do this for an hour, but I'm not going to. The Equality Act. The Equality Act. Well, what's that do? Well, it forces Christians to leave their faith at their house, and in some instances, uh, leave it in the closet at their house. That's what the quote Equality Act would do. We've talked about this type of legislation in uh, state houses around the country and in Congress, in the U.S. Congress. But nothing, n- n- no different here. The bill is termed uh, the. Parental Rights and Education, that's the formal name of the bill, I'm going to call it. If we're going to start branding legislation with whatever we want to say, then I'm going to call it the anti-grooming bill. All it does, to keep it simple, the bill's about seven pages. That's including the opening page with all the nitty-gritty details of which committee it came out of and the bill number and the date it was filed. Seven pages, seven whopping pages. And about on page four or five, it says basically that... Teachers in public education settings are not to discuss and propagate gender and sexual identity topics and ideas and propaganda to children K through 3. All right? So we're not talking about sex change surgery to our young kindergartners. We're not talking about how you think... You're a girl, even though God created you a boy. We're not going to talk about how I'm a man, or or someone's a man, and then they married another man, even though that's not biblically possible. Marriage is between one man and a woman, and I just offended half of the country. But that's what the bill, the legislation, and the law is aimed at, is preventing the sexual indoctrination of our little kids. K-3 in the state of Florida. Who would have a problem with it? Well, some people do. And this is the same crowd that want to sexualize our children. Because if they don't want to sexualize our children, then why do you have issue with the legislation? <laughs> why do you have issue with the legislation? But what they want to do, and they've been doing this for some time now, this is not novel, they want to go ahead and plant the seed... In our children's mind, our child's mind, they want to go ahead and plant the seed that, well, how God created you and how God describes his precepts and his creation and his natural order, that's just one opinion of many And if you want to do something different than what God outlines in Scripture, well, then you're free to do so. That's basically what they want to be able to They want to be able to plant that seed, and that's a very theological or or adult-type explanation. But they're wanting to plant the seed of sexual deviancy in the hearts and minds of our children. That's what they want to do. It's called Indoctrination 101. Then... What does that do? That leads our children to come home and say, "Well, mom and dad, my teacher says that I can be whatever sex I want to be. I can identify as whatever I want to identify." And then then comes the struggle. All right? Then comes the struggle. When in reality, what this bill affirms in Florida is that it's not the job of the teacher, the public educator to indoctrinate our children On gender and sexual identity. That's not their job. That's not why they're hired. All right? So that's all the legislation does. And uh, it it helps preserve uh, a tidbit of the decency in uh, children in the state of Florida. Every state should have this bill, by the way, should have this law. Well, uh, Disney Disney just couldn't help themselves but weigh in. I mean, for a little while, the CEO said, look, we're just not going to comment on this. And then he just couldn't withstand the pressure he just couldn't withstand the pressure so now disney's like falling all over themselves trying to kowtow to the sexual deviancy lobby with statements and videos and all kind of support well um, i mentioned the okay so here's disney's official position by the way they say uh, disney put out a statement after the pressure i mean the fact that these folks cannot withstand a little bit of heat. To me, is revealing. I mean, who on earth? You're running a multi-billion-dollar company, and you can't withstand a couple of press releases. I mean, we've just gotta gotta we gotta entertain the itch. We've got to jump out there, and we've got to. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, I apologize. We're going woke. We're going diverse. They do it all the time, and I just don't know why. It just baffles me that a CEO, and there are some good CEOs out there, but we just need CEOs that just throw the press releases in the trash. Just be like, no, we're not doing this. We're, an inter- we're a family-friendly entertainment company. We make millions off of families, one man and one woman, bringing their kids to our park. That is our primary audience. And you can, well, uh, people of all backgrounds go to the park. No, no. The vast majority of the dollars that Disney makes is from heterosexual couples bringing their seven kids to the Disney park. All right? <laughs> and and any any try any try to any sales pitch that tries to divert from that is, is is false news. All right, it's fake news. Yeah, you can say, "Well, 1% of atheists go to Disney." Well, okay, but what about the other 99%? All right? So the the overarching reality that we all know is that heterosexual couples make up the vast majority of the business in Disney theme parks. And all of Disney's entertainment, probably most of the Disney Plus subscriptions come from families that are allowing their kids to watch Disney products. All right, so that's the that's the audience. That's the Disney audience. Um, uh, the, okay, back to the press release. Uh, here's here's Disney's statement in part: Florida's HB fifteen fifty seven. Then they said, also known as the. Then they, they 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 branded the bill. Disney branded the bill on 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 that which it is not called all right so they pulled the whole don't say gay bill that's a media created term for the bill which i'm calling since we can create terms the anti-grooming bill should never have passed and should never ha- have been signed into law disney statement said they go on to say our goal as a company is for this law to be repealed by the legislature or struck down in the courts and we remain committed to supporting the national and state organizations working to achieve that. We are dedicated to standing up for the rights of, and safety of LGBTQ plus members of the Disney family, as well as the LGBTQ plus community in Florida and across the country, end quote. So that's a statement uh, from Walt Disney company. And, uh, that's that's where they stand, and people are upset about that. People are said, "I'm not um, canceling my Disney Plus subscription." Uh, AFA is urging folks not to watch this upcoming film coming out by Disney, where they have inserted, they've gone out of their way to insert a homosexual act in this uh, Disney uh, children's movie coming up, A uh, Light Year. It's a play off of a Toy Story. Um, and that's coming out, I believe, in June. So AFA is urging our audience not to watch that film. They put this uh, kiss between um, homosexuals in they they inserted it into the children's movie Lightyear at the demand of their employees. All right, so this wasn't this didn't organ, organically get put in by the producer on the front end. No, they came back after the fact and they're inserting this homosexual kiss. Into to the movie so that movie is light year so parents you need to be on the lookout how I want to end this segment is by encouraging our audience encouraging our parents we can take a stand against Lightyear, and that's fine uh, my, my, my children are not gonna watch this film um, and and we can boycott and AFA has been known for the boycotts all right so uh, this is not an anti boycott position that I'm taking Boycotts can be very useful, by the way. The left uses them often. We use them from time to time, and they can be very useful, a very useful force in the culture war. But what I want you to end with, what I want you to take away from this, is that as parents, as Christians, as disciples of our children, we we need to be sure that we know what is going into the hearts and the minds of our children and that isn't in front that isn't that isn't restricted to in front of the phone screen or the television screen we need to know we need to regulate as parents that's our job to protect we need to know what is going into the hearts and the minds of children no matter where they are Whether they're at church, whether they're at a friend's house, whether they're at the movie theater, or whether they're in our living room, we need to know what they're watching, what they're consuming, what they're being told so we can properly disciple our children. So let's go above and beyond here. Let's don't just not watch a movie. Let's shield the hearts and the minds of our children, and let's do it day in and day out.
2: Just as it is written, How beautiful
3: are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. A friend of mine who pastors a church in Nigeria once said to me, you know, America has sent more missionaries into the world than any other nation before it. But the nation that once sent missionaries has now become the mission field. As you consider the calling God has for you, I just want to remind you, that just as other nations need missionaries, we need missionaries in America, too. There are a lot of neighborhoods right here in our
0: country that desperately need evangelism and discipleship. Let's not forget about them. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner, or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patti Garibay of American Heritage Girls.
2: Many parents refer to uncomfortable conversations surrounding important topics as the talk or the discussion. These one-time talks can be awkward and frankly unfruitful for both parties. What if the talk wasn't relegated to one occasion, but ongoing? On topics of relationships, intimacy, self-harm, injustice, even money management, the one-time approach falls short. As you seek the Lord's wisdom to lead your girl to live out her faith well, take the ongoing approach, keeping the conversation doors open so that whatever topic she has on her mind, she can freely come to you as the parent without shame. God will use these teaching opportunities as you go through your daily life to glorify himself in her journey.
0: We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
4: Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. I know we're all praying for Ukraine, and Eastern Europe is a part of the world where Bible League has a very strong presence. In nearby Albania, Pastor Ephraim is preaching away one Sunday. There's a ruckus at the door. Who it? Twenty militant Muslims. They storm the pulpit, drag this man down the aisle. His family, many in the church who are new converts, are just horrified. They take this man to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death. You know what his crime is? Very simply, that he has been patiently and winsomely sharing Christ with Muslims and atheists and they are coming to place their faith in Jesus Christ. But the leaders in those uh, movements are not happy. You know when I ask him, how can we pray for you, brother? He did not say, pray for an end to our suffering. He says, pray that we'll see those around us as the mission field and more will come to Christ. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20 to Eastern Europe today. Call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org.
0: AFA at the Core podcasts are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
5: salvation.
1: To the core here on American Family Radio, this is Worship Wednesday. That song you hear there is a well-known hymn, but that uh, that iteration or that version is from Shane and Shane. I've played their music before, but that was Praise to the Lord by Shane and Shane. And we could all use a good old-fashioned hymn every once in a while. Amen. Bobby, and that's what that was there. Yeah, it's a great song. They do a great rendition of that. Absolutely. So that's uh, Praise to the Lord by Shane and Shane, if you're wondering the music there, what that was. Uh, we'll jump straight to our guest here. We have on the line, we have Representative Scott Stahigan out of the state of Alabama. Uh, representative Scott, welcome to the Corps.
2: Well, I appreciate you guys having me on.
1: Absolutely. So which, uh, uh, Representative, tell us which uh, district or area in Alabama you represent.
2: I uh, represent District Nine, House District Nine. Um, that's Morgan County, Coleman County, and a little bit of Marshall County.
1: All right, excellent. We have several radio stations over there in Alabama, so I'm sure we're catching some of your uh, some of your uh, audience there, or some of your um, uh, some of your voters. And I, I was looking for the yep, term sir. to use. Some of your. Um I was going to say clients, <laughs> but you, yeah, constituents, there you go. I was going to say client clients, but they're not your clients. You're not running a business. You're an elected representative. <laughs> uh, hey, Representative, you're, you've you introduced and you're uh, uh, pushing and promoting a bill in the state legislature there in Alabama that has to do with protecting our children and keeping, uh, you, you wouldn't think, or, or you would think we wouldn't need this kind of legislation, but unfortunately in today's society we do. Uh, but the legislation that you're working on is intended to keep boys going to the boys' restroom and changing area and girls going to the girls' restroom and changing area protect the innocence of children. Tell our uh, audience a little bit about this legislation, the need for it, and when it was uh, introduced.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it It is a crazy thought to think that we have to file legislation like this to uh, protect our kids and our school systems. Um, about probably mid-September, I started getting some calls from constituents, and really some people throughout the whole entire state that kind of started reaching out to me and told me some of the problems that they're having within their school system. Um, last year I carried the the gender athletics bill um, for K-12, and I think once I carried that piece of legislation and we got it to the governor's desk, I feel like you know people started reaching out to me after that with this situation and um, started looking into it, and literally almost every county in our state and school systems are having this problem, and they're having problems where a born male shows up at a school and now identifies as a female and wants to use the female bathrooms, um, which some of the school systems are trying to accommodate the best they can. Um, there's no state school board policy. There's no state school like state law that protects any—nothing for this. I mean, mm. nobody in a million years would have thought that we'd ever have to address this. And— um they are act as of right now we have several males who are actively using female bathrooms in our K-12 schools in the state of Alabama right now as we speak mm-hmm. and um, i find this something to be alarming to all parents i think the one thing that we should not have to worry about as a parent with our kid in the school system is the opposite gender being in that bathroom of the most private time you know of the school day yeah. and that's something that these females and males are they're having to deal with and i think we this is needed in the state of alabama and it's it's definitely needed to um to give them some security and and also the administrators it you know it, it'll help them have some guidelines to go by and to, to fall back on because right now they they're really in a tough situation.
1: Hmm. Yeah, you're right because these uh if you don't have a uniform set, set standard or a law in the state to direct administrators on what to do in these situations then you're going to get you're going to get all kinds of uh, all kind of solutions. Uh, some of them not good ones, uh, depending on Correct. what district you're in, depending on what the school board says. So definitely, we need a law here that uh, that guides and and instructs uh, school districts on how to handle this. Let me ask you this: Alabama is a pretty conservative state. I'm w- I wouldn't say very conservative. I mean, every state uh, in every state, including Mississippi, we've got our Republicans in name only, and then we got the liberal crowd, and then we got the conservative crowd. Uh, so I know you guys are fairly mm-hmm. conservative in Alabama, but what's the overall sense in the legislature? Are people, you know, in favor of this? Are you getting some pushback? What's the energy like?
2: Well, we've got, of course, we've got some that are pushing back. Um, and when, when I debated it on the House floor, it honestly just baffled me on some of the arguments because, you know, we have fought so, for so long for women's rights. Mm. and And I don't understand how we're just going to fall back from you know we're moving backwards um from that and i think i'd say 90 percent of our state probably more than that are in favor of this bill um the small percentage that are against are very loud and Mm -hmm. you know they're not afraid to voice their opinion
1: you're right and that's but that's usually how it is representative and i talked i don't know if you you piped in early enough but i was talking about the disney situation and disney meddling around and once again as i've said before something that they have no business meddling around in and that is public policy as it relates to K through 3 education uh, disney's jumping mm-hmm. out there in florida acting like they're some they're they're all of a sudden public policy experts on K through 3 policy even though they're not the same thing happens in alabama and other states you've got the, the when you run the the polls the public's in favor but the opposition is typically louder than those in support. So I just want to encourage the uh, audience in Alabama and the state of Alabama to let your representative, your local representative, know uh, that you are completely in favor of this legislation. And the legislation is House Bill t- uh, 322, HB 322, is the the legislation there in the Florida um, legislature that is pending. Uh, uh, representative Scott, where is this uh, legislative? Uh, legislation pending. As far as uh, what what's the status of it?
2: Uh, it is. It's supposed to be on the agenda in governmental affairs um, next Tuesday, I believe at one thirty in the Senate. Um, and I forgot to say earlier too that I am very proud of our state and our legislators um, for keeping our conservative values. Um, it's not an easy fight in our society right now, um, and I'm just I'm very very proud to live in the state of Alabama.
1: Amen. I hey, appreciate it, Representative. Hey, keep fighting. We need people promoting godly, biblical values and public policy. We need Christians involved in politics at every single level. So thank you for your work, for your faithfulness, and please keep it up.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you guys for what y'all do.
1: All right. Appreciate it, Representative. That's Representative Scott Stoggen uh, uh, out of uh, Alabama, state of Alabama, uh, sponsoring and promoting and pushing through legislation to protect our young children in the state of Alabama, uh, the young children in the state of Alabama from uh, people of the opposite, young young kids of the opposite sex coming into the bathroom of the, of the changing area um, of our K through 12 schools. So that's uh, House Bill 322 uh, pending in the legislature there in uh, the state of Alabama. So we'll continue to keep up an eye on that and update you on the status of it. And once the governor signs it, assuming the governor signs it, uh, we'll keep updating you. But uh, to, the, to the point of the representative, much of what the left pushes, they call themselves progressive, but much of what they push is actually regressive. It actually takes our society backwards. So right now we have this University of Pennsylvania dude swimming with the girls, swimming with the young women at the University of Pennsylvania and the left applauds that. But there, there, he is stealing Will Thomas, and I'm not going to call him by his fake name. Will Thomas is stealing the trophies of the true women. And the left is applauding that as equality and justice and something to be proud about and progressive. It's taking us back decades. It's taking us back decades to where it's not fair, it's not equal for the women who are swimming and competing. Absolute insanity. But we got to correct the record. we got to get it straight. That's what Alabama's working on and states across the country. There are good people across the country fighting for good things, and we'll continue to cover that. Moving to the uh, Biden disaster of foreign policy that it is, I would say this is one of the worst foreign policy and domestic policy presidencies in a long, long time, very long time. Well, Biden has been all over the place as far as his stance on Russia, his stance on Ukraine, his stance on NATO and what we're doing. I'm going to play, I'm going to play, the first clip I'm going to play is Peter Ducey with Fox News questioning the president, Joe Biden, about some of the past statements he's made. And, and, and let me just set this up as far as the context and the topics. So Biden was in Poland, visiting U.S. troops in Poland, talking to them about uh, about the Russia conflict, so on and so forth, and he, he either slipped up or he didn't slip up, and he just said it. But he said, telling the troops that you're you're going to see about this soon. You're going to see it with your own eyes, he said, what's going on in Ukraine. That's the first thing he said. He went on to say, uh, he also said at some point, maybe not at the same event, but President Biden said that America is going to use chemical weapons in Ukraine. No, I didn't slip up there. Biden, President Biden said that Amer- that the U.S. will use chemical weapons in Ukraine. What he likely meant, if we want to back clean up here like Jen Psaki does every day, he probably meant that they predict that Russia will use chemical weapons in Ukraine. But he said the U.S. will use chemical weapons in Ukraine. The last thing he said uh, to, to to set this clip up is he said that we need regime change in Russia. Vladimir Putin cannot remain in power. Let's listen to clip four.
2: Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back?
6: much getting walked back? It made it sound like just in the last couple of days.
2: Uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon. And it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know…
6: None of the three occurred. None of the three occurred? None of the three. Mr. President? <laughs> 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 you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We are talking about helping train the troops in – that are the, – the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's with the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're
2: going to see when you're there, you were not intending I to I was say referring
6: to with — being with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you
2: said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind?
6: It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know. The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response.
1: Well, there you have it. There you have it. Uh, Biden says in res- in response to Peter Ducey questioning him about these three things, he says that never happened. That never occurred. Well, yes, it did. It did occur. It's on tape. And another thing I'm tired of is the whole uh, "you misunderstood me" or "you misinterpreted." Language is language, words are words. You don't get to just say whatever you want, and then when people call you out on it, you say, Well, you misinterpreted me. Well, no, you need to be clearer with your words then. All right. Don't don't put the onus back on us, the American public, as if somehow we don't know how to read the understand and listen and interpret the <laughs> English language. No, you said those things. And by the way, what are we doing training troops in Poland? training ukrainian troops in poland and people say well we're trying to help them fight vladimir putin well i would almost bet you we've been training troops in poland even before russia decided to go into ukraine which brings up an interesting point all of the blame all of the narrative has been against putin 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 russia 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 bad russia And it's been unanimous across the board. Republicans, conservatives, Christians, Democrats, everybody. Bad, bad Putin. But Joe Biden himself said in the 90s, if we keep flushing NATO up against Russia's border, we're going to make them mad and they're going to bite back. So we're training forces in poland we're training ukrainian forces in poland for who knows how long we've got the the department of state meddling around in ukrainian politics basically running the country that's according to national security experts and putin got mad and he struck back so there's shared responsibility here as far as the foreign policy blunders and steps that have taken place in previous decades that led us to a point of conflict with Russia. The blame can be shared.
0: This February, you can share heartbeats for the preborn. The Ministry of Preborn's mission is to rescue preborn babies. You see, every heartbeat proclaims our Creator's name. And when a mother considering abortion hears that heartbeat through ultrasound, the message is loud and clear.
5: When I heard her heartbeat, I decided to keep her. And now my daughter's about to be three. I don't know where my life would be without her.
0: Preborn cries out for the preborn through heartbeats while supporting moms in crisis nationwide. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, it's a divine encounter. And 80% of the time, she'll choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. God is known for taking tragedy in people's lives and turning them into opportunities to expand His kingdom. That's the case with my good friend Sheila Harper. She was so distraught over her abortion, she found herself sitting on the edge of a bed with a gun pointed at her head. The one thing that prevented a suicide from unfolding was her roommate came home early due to illness. With the help of others, Sheila was healed from her abortion and started a ministry called Save One, helping men, women and families recover after an abortion. Save One Now has 275 domestic chapters and 74 international chapters. Out of the ashes of Sheila's abortion tragedy came a global effort to provide hope and healing to people around the world. For more information, visit our website at lifeissues.org. And stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
1: Welcome back to the core here on American family radio to add further content or, or further context for the details to Biden's chemical weapons statement. He was questioned about the, what would the U S do if Russia used chemical weapons in Ukraine? President Biden said that the U.S. would respond, quote, in kind, end quote, meaning we would do the same thing back. That's uh, English right there. And uh, so that's that's what he said. And then uh, the other ones are pretty self-explanatory. But the uh, last thing I want to, how I want to end this topic is what I've said before. We're going to say it again, but you can't say it enough. And that is... The same people that get us into bad situations, that get us into predicaments, they cannot be the ones to take credit and pat themselves on the back about, quote, getting us out of the predicament or finding a way further into the predicament and then claiming success or victory. And I'm going to play clip two here. This is a PBS reporter uh just fawning over the president how great you are your experience is just unmatched (laughs) let's listen to clip two
0: i still want to get back to your original words that he cannot remain in power can you help us understand you have more foreign policy experience than any president who has ever held this office whether those are your personal feelings or your feelings as president you understand why people would believe you as someone commanding one of the largest nuclear arsenals in the world Saying someone cannot remain in power is a statement of U.S. policy. And also are you concerned about propaganda use of those remarks by the Russians? No and no. I mean why? You have so much experience. You are the leader of this country. Because it's ridiculous.
6: Nobody believes we're gonna take down. I was going I was talking about taking down Putin. Then don't say nobody it. would believe that. Yeah, you Number said one. It. Number two, what have I been talking about all since this all began? The only war that's worse than one intended is one that's unintended. The last thing I want to do is engage in a land war or a nuclear war with Russia. That's not part of it. I was expressing my outrage at the behavior of this man. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And it's more an aspiration than anything. He shouldn't be in power. There's no, I mean, people like this shouldn't be ruling countries, but they do.
1: Well, PBS tries to throw him a softball, and he can't even answer the softball. Can't even clean up his own mess. Uh, 888-589-8840, 888 We're going to take your calls, comments, questions, as it relates to the news stories and the topics we've discussed on the show today. You can call triple eight five eight nine eight eight four zero. 589 8840 That's 888-589-8840 is the number to call into the show. By the way, I failed to mention that we are all over the internet. We are all over the internet. AFR.net is the website. We have the American Family Radio app on your smartphone, on your tablet device that you can download. We uh, also live stream the video on Facebook. We're in YouTube timeout. We're, we're out of YouTube timeout. All right. That was a quick two weeks. <laughs> Shows you how much we missed it. Uh, we are out of YouTube timeout. We're on both Facebook and YouTube until we get canceled again. And for YouTube, that's going to be the last strike, strike three. The next strike will be strike three on YouTube and uh, we'll be gone for good on the YouTube, but we are working on a live streaming alternative built by our own team here. So we're continuing to develop that, but we're also uh, on Facebook uh, under the cores page on Facebook. So both of those places you can watch the show for now, YouTube and Facebook, multiple ways to keep up, with the show. 888 589 8840 is the number to call in. One thing I wanted to note before we jump to the calls is I came across this story about China and their uh, position on the lockdowns and where they stand. You know, they've been one of the most they've been, been been one of the most aggressive countries when it comes to locking down and their citizens, shutting down businesses, shutting down entire sectors of their economy, all in the name of controlling COVID, all in the name of controlling and preventing the further spread of the upper respiratory virus that, ironically, came out of their very own country. Came out of their very own country. Well, this uh, news article's dated March 29. That was yesterday out of Breitbart. China has experienced nearly ceaseless struggles with combating the Chinese coronavirus since the pandemic began in the country in late 2019. Most recently, Chinese authorities locked down Xi'an, a city of 13 million people, in December, and admitted to uncontrolled outbreaks in 28 provinces this month. Um, let's see. Uh, In March 2020, the dictator Xi Jinping declared his country victorious against the infectious disease. Wow, that was quick. The pandemic began in like January March or January February ish in a. In the US and other parts of the the world at the time Chinese media accused the West of embracing quote total surrender against the virus for not implementing totalitarian lockdowns on Monday the Global Times which is the government run media outlet there in China they praised Shanghai officials for making quote the courageous and necessary uh, step to depart from the lockdown policy Though less wa- less wealthy parts of the country, like northeastern uh, province, continue to suffer under an intense lockdown regimen. So the Times, which is basically an, uh, uh, the mouthpiece of the CCP Chinese Communist Party, is now applauding provinces that un- that that get a- do away with the lockdowns, that end the lockdowns. <laughs> so the same folks that created the whole lockdown philosophy. That was replicated throughout the world they're the ones coming back now saying that's good for everyone opening up good for everyone opening up their economy this is good for China well I hate to break it to them but they're about almost two years late on ending the lockdowns they're almost two years late on ending the lockdowns many places around the U.S. conservative areas ended the lockdowns in very, very short order. 888-589-8840 is the number to call in. We're going to jump right to the phones. We're going to go to Paul in Louisiana. Hey, Paul, welcome to the core.
3: Well, good evening. Uh, thanks for letting me uh, come and talk to our, our congregation, and thank you for all the light that you said. Uh, just praise God for everything that AFR and you guys are doing there. Um, real quick, to my point, Look, you, you played a clip about Biden, and he said his response was no and no. I think when he pulled up his card, his 3 by 5 card, he pulled up his phone with the mirror app on it, and I think he was talking to himself.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: wait. Oh, wait. This isn't the Babylon B, is it? I'm sorry. I think I might have
1: the wrong number then. <laughs> Well, Paul, we can be the Babylon Bee if you want us to be. We can self-identify as whatever media outlet as you want us to be on any day of the week. All right, good stuff, Paul. Appreciate the call in there from Louisiana. We all need a little bit of humor in our life. Let's go to uh, 888-589-8840 is the number to call in to the core. Richard will uh, bring your call in to the board when you call in. He'll field your call, 888 589 8840 is the number to call in. Let's go to Don in Arkansas. Hey, Don, welcome to the Corps.
7: Well, uh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've heard all the uh, newscasts about uh, Russian aggression in Ukraine, but I wonder, is there any parallel between what's going on like, uh, 2022 and what the uh, Soviet Army did in 1956 in Hungary?
1: Well... Don, I hate to admit it, but you asked the wrong person. <laughs> you asked the wrong person. I'm not I'm not up to speed, up to snuff on what happened in 1957 between the Soviet Union and uh, and Hungary. Uh, do you mind enlightening our audience? Maybe just give us a little background of there?
7: Well, I know, I think it was uh, John Mishner wrote a book about it called The Bridge at Andow, And uh, essentially, the Soviet army came into Hungary and just crushed that country in 1956. I mean, they went into, like, urban warfare. If there was, like, some shots from a building, they would uh, topple the entire building. If there were shots from other buildings in a block, they would level the block. Mm. I mean, just scorched-earth warfare.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the, if that's if that's what happened in Hungary with the Soviet Union in '56 and '57, then that that description you gave is very similar to what we're seeing out of Ukraine.
7: Right. Uh, that like that's, history repeats itself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we know for sure. We uh, we obviously know through history that um, that Vladimir Putin was a member of the KGB. Uh, he's been around. He was there during the Soviet Union during their glory days. So. Um, it it wouldn't wouldn't surprise us if he if he used the same tactics uh that were used back then. So uh any any remaining thoughts there, Don?
7: No, I just uh again I have never heard any newscaster uh on any kind of program, whether the AFA, AFR or some other program, to talk about that parallel. Mm-hmm. Just what the uh what this communist Russian mindset is capable of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, good points, Don. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in from Arkansas there. We will go to Kevin in Indiana. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the core.
3: Well, thank you, sir. How are you today?
1: Hey, doing well, Kevin. What you got on your mind? Good. So in regards
3: to uh, 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 the esteemed President Biden, um, if, President, <laughs> if President Biden were, <laughs> if, if if our if our if our stout president wishes to um write down notes on a piece of paper, you know, in case somebody may ask him that question. Uh, you know, God bless him. Uh his press secretary, who takes after Donald Trump's press secretary, has a three ring binder on her desk for possible questions that he may possibly want to answer. And I'm for that. But you know, old Boy Scouts, you know, quote, you know, be prepared. But mm-hmm. when you Intensely choose, pick and choose reporters that you know are going to ask specific questions, and you have those specific answers pre-written. You've now wandered deep into the field of fraud, Mm. right? Which is what happened. I I listened to that uh, that broadcast on the radio, and I turned to my wife and I and 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 I said, "I I think our 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 good president has a Secret Service uh, earpiece." because he's being awfully articulate today. And then I find out that he actually had all the uh, little cue cards in his hand. And I think that we can't go after uh, the president or the office, but we can most certainly go after the newspapers that were in on it. This is a conspiracy fraud against the American people. And I think that um, our justice department should, you know, highly unlikely they will. Right. Because, um, you know, you know, they don't bite the hand that feeds them, but yeah. they
1: should. You know, Kevin, that's a really good point, and the that's a scary point that we are – this is a scary moment, and I, I don't tend to be uh, exaggerative, um, if that's a word, or to exaggerate often. But when you have the media – that they're basically supposed to be the free press. They are supposed to be the free press that are the watchdog uh, over government officials, uh, keeping them honest and reporting on what's going on. But now you're at a point, and this this went on under the Obama administration and others, where the watchdogs (laughs) are colluding with the administration to keep the narrative, the narrative. That's just a very astonishing point that we are uh, at in our, in our country's history, and I'll let you go on that, Kevin. That's why we continue to need alternative news sources. American Family News, uh, Breitbart, The Daily Caller, Christian Post. I could go on and on. There are dozens of, of Christian media outlets out there that are covering the news from a Christian perspective and asking the tough questions uh scott hey scott in kansas you got about 30 minutes what's on your mind scott i'm sorry I 30, 30, 30 seconds <laughs> you do not have 30 minutes you have 30 we have to go put in ago. a bid for another segment yeah you have 30 seconds scott okay okay well hey i think i
3: think uh, and hey i appreciate all you guys do we really appreciate it thank you and we'll send prayers your way but i i think we need to stop Referring to what this administration is doing is how it benefits America and American foreign policy because they are not about making America great. I mean, they are globalists and every decision that they've been making, it doesn't help us, but it does help the global atmosphere and the globalists. So I think we need to start changing our rhetoric as to how we talk about how they're making these decisions because they are not affecting us in a positive way, and they are definitely all for this global
1: world order that you want to call it. That's exactly right, Scott. I'll let you go here. Amen. The, the, the motto, the campaign slogan for Biden 2024 will be Make Ukraine Great Again. That will be the slogan for the Biden campaign in 2024 very good point scott all of our policies not just domestic but all of america's policies even abroad should all have the primary goal and focus of strengthening the american homeland and strengthening the american people good reminder scott afa at the core we'll see you next time